What's up, everybody? Welcome back once again to the Swanky Disc Golf Show. I am your host, Luke. I have with me Reed and Josiah. We are Swanky Disc Golf, and we are jumping into the Swanky Disc Golf Show. We have a few things to talk about today. We're a little bit late on the upload because we actually hosted a tournament this week, and it was crazy. We're going to talk about that. But first, uh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Have we recovered yet? I I have not <laughs> recovered yet. <laughs> I am nice. dead still. At the, Josiah is so. still replying to emails every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. so. At the time of this recording, it's midnight, Wednesday morning, technically, Tuesday night. Our tournament was Monday. And yeah, Josiah and Reed were out there from 6 a.m. to like 9 p.m. So pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Filmed some fun videos. Had a lot going on. Uh, but that's why we're a little bit late on the upload. <laughs> we're going to get into yes, some us. more of that later. We're going to start off with a very quick one-off, send it or end it, because I want to hear you guys' thoughts about this. This happened the day after we released our last podcast, which was kind of devastating, honestly. Um, Jomez Pro was acquired by the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Uh, I think all of us are up to date on the crazy information. We can maybe talk about it a little. But the send it or end it is going to be post-production. Next day coverage is dying. Read. Send it or end it. Wow. Is it dying? I don't know if it's dying. It's definitely it's already dead. fading. I, <laughs> I'm fading it. Uh, I don't know that it's going to die or if it'll ever be gone entirely. But I do think that this acquisition, um, I don't know. It, I think if nothing else, it's going to begin a slow process of making, you know, same day live coverage the focus and uh, somehow incorporating Jomez into a family of products that emphasizes a subscription to the Disc Golf Network. I'm not sure how that's going to look, if, it, if eventually we'll see uh, a longer delay before post-produced is released, or, or if they even feel that post-produced is harming their views. I, I really wonder if that... If that has any impact on their views at all but regardless i wouldn't say it's dying i don't actually think we'll ever see it go away i'm gonna go with just like maybe a fade a soft fade on it so i <laughs> guess i'm option. ending that okay. <laughs> i guess i'm ending it because i don't think it's dying but yeah there that all right yeah. um i would have to say send it on next day coverage is dying for the pro tour Hmm. um and the reason i say that is i think with this and a lot of acquisitions and i know after talking to felix last week i think that that the pro tour is probably not going to focus as much on next day coverage i think it's still going to exist but it's just going to get lumped into the overall package and it's just going to kind of increase production for the live scene which is great for me because i prefer that but i think next day coverage is just going to fall into a like hey if you missed it you can follow the lead card or follow the chase card and that's just going to become available for people who want to go back and rewatch yeah. an entire card 
more uh, direct commentary specific to that card and just kind of follow along those. I think that's just going to change in that regard. Um, but I don't think that next day coverage is going to die for a lot of different events. Um, for example, there was no pro tour events this weekend, but I got to watch two different tournaments on post day, like next day coverage, uh, that I wanted to, like they were both big tournaments. There was a lot of big names at both of them and I got to follow along on both of them. And so that was kind of still awesome to still be able to watch two big tournaments that were happening in the country that had a lot of pros playing in it, like big name pros. Um, and they're just not on the pro tour. So you wouldn't have been able to watch them otherwise. And so I think that is definitely not dying anytime soon. There's still a lot of smaller companies that are covering big a tiers that are super popular across the country um, and overseas. And I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with Josiah and say send it on the Pro Tour side of things. I think ultimately, yeah, post-produced coverage has to die eventually for the sport to move forward. There's no other sport on the planet, I think anyways, that I can think of that is well-renowned in a professional sense that has post-produced coverage as its main form of being, like, next day we're putting it out. And that's the main form that people are watching it. And it is, it's it's a slow death, I guess I would say, uh, because Jomez does have considerably, significantly more viewership than the Pro Tour. We can see the, or the Disc Golf Network. Um, we can see the numbers now on the live stream. They post the numbers and they're pretty, I don't want to say pitiful, that sounds mean. <laughs> There's not, me- like, I mean, we were watching Champions Cup and there was like under 5,000 most of the days For that the I was watching. Day. Yeah. Yeah. The final, the final day, day had less than 5,000. Was, yeah. And so, I don't know. And yeah, obviously, like, the Jomez videos are still getting hundreds of thousands of views. So they have, they have a lot more viewership. I know their Patreon count is dropping. And I think that is due to people tuning into live sport to tuning into the disc golf network ultimately it does have to die but i think it will be a very slow death do think it's dying but youtube content yeah post-produced coverage i think there will still there'll probably always be some sort of market for like big a tiers or something like that or for the jomez pro to fall into more of a like I don't know, like a House of Highlights, Barstool Sports kind of vibes for disc golf specifically, if that makes sense. I I feel like that would be their vibe. Or I'm even imagining like the only other thing that I really feel like I where I've gone back and I've watched a sport that has already happened and I'm watching it just like not live. I see uh, I watch UFC free fights sometimes that they post on YouTube. That's like the only equivalent <laughs> that I can think. But those get good views, and they're very entertaining. So I think there is some sort of market well, for it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to die out. Yeah, I think the, the, the important clarification there is, I mean, I, do, I disagree that uh, post-produced has to die. I think that free post-produced has to die. I, but I think that Jomez, the, the product... Whether it's called Jomez in the future or whether it's just, you know, DGP or DGN next day or whatever or DGN uh, like classics or whatever. Like, I think the majors and big tournaments will always be available in like a more condensed form 
to be viewed by DGN subscribers. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Um, it cuts out. A, I mean, it's just a condensed package of what they've what essentially the live stream VOD. So I think, I think it'll always exist. But yeah, in its free form currently, it doesn't serve the DGPT at all. So yeah. obviously, they're going to convert it to something that drives subscriptions. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I I don't think it has to die. I mean, I can see it maybe existing, totally. but like in what other in what other sport does that exist? Or maybe disc golf well, is just unique, but it's unique right now and I think the biggest issue is people are almost compl- I not complaining, but like they're saying there's a paywall essentially to watch live coverage and now with Joe Mez like all of that free post-produced coverage, I I want to agree with Reed and I say that that's going to die out. And because that paywall exists, people seem hesitant to want to watch it and are saying that that's what's kind of restricting it. But in reality, every other sport also has a paywall. It's just included in a subscription with every other sports in existence, you know. So I don't like I just get an ESPN subscription or a cable subscription. I'm still paying for it, but it's all lumped in with a million other things. And you're telling me that if disc golf network as was a part of espn that you could watch it on that people would say oh there's no longer a paywall there's still a paywall it's just like part now of a yeah, bigger they need package to get, like a youtube TV other deal or something like that right and so i think that's kind of what's playing a factor here is everybody's saying that this is a separate subscription there's going to be a paywall regardless at some point so i kind of agree with reed that post-produced is going to like free post-produced will die out and maybe it'll be like a part where they're just going to upload it to youtube to that regards but at some point like i mean everything costs money nothing's free yeah so eventually yeah. It's for now they said they're still going to continue posting on jomez pro's youtube channel like normal what i'm still i still believe that it, like the the ultimate goal is for the live coverage to get so good that post produced coverage is useless. Like the only time that anyone ever ever goes back to watch a, anything any sporting event in history is if they like missed it, so they recorded the live session. <laughs> like right. it is nice to have that kind of packaged program, but like if the live stream coverage is good enough, nobody. Nobody watches a sporting event. Maybe okay. Pretty much nobody watches a sporting event more than once. <laughs> or right. like you yeah. are tripping <laughs> if you don't think disc golfers watch tournaments over Dude, and over. That's true. I personally crazy. have watched worlds. Yeah, twenty nineteen worlds. Several I've of the worlds over and over. Well, again. I'm just saying that's got to be so the vast minority. <laughs> I I would wager. I don't know, man. Disc wager. golfers are crazy. I'm one of them. I think I think there's a there's a big market. I think all sports fans are there's there's a subset of every sports following that will rewatch the greatest moments. Yes, yeah. I, but I'll I rewatch like, great basketball games. I'll rewatch what? great That's football cat. games. When is the last time you rewatched a basketball a full basketball game? I rewatched <laughs> Duke play UConn for the national championship. I want to say it was 2011. I watched it a month ago. That's strange. <laughs> also, still, that's like a very unique case. I'm talking like people who, I don't know, people who are just general fans of the sport, which is going to make up 90% of your audience. They watch the live event. Maybe you watch some like highlights and stuff like that the next day. 
yeah. But then you don't. Yeah, that's it. The live event but has to take up the m- overall, like, way overwhelming majority of your viewership. Yes. And to your point, yeah, though, of course, of course. I'll agree with that. But I'll also say that if, like, I'm sure Disc Golf Network's end goal is to not just cover, you know, top two, three, four cards or whoever's popping off at that point. But I think part of why they're like, oh, hey, this person's popping off. Let's get a camera over there now is because of Paul McBeth last year and yeah. him being so far back. And they're like, hey, Champions we got to at least get a camera out there to try and get something like James Conrad's popping off. Let's get a camera, even though we can't get, you know, the first 10 holes. We can get him from hole 11 through the end just to see how he was doing. Um, and I think at the end point, if you're telling me that, you know, a few years from now, Disc Golf Network is covering all the cards and I could go back and watch Paul's 16 under round, you bet I'm going to do that in addition to watching the live coverage. Yes, that would like, be cool. For sure. But that's again, yeah. I still think that play, uh, I think that plays into it being just a dramatically slow death because Disc Golf is going to grow at such a slow rate. Like it boomed for a second and now it's sort of plateaued. I think it's going to continue growing, but at a slower rate. As Robbie C mentioned, like live coverage for the what we have in disc golf is like a it's in it's getting better for disc golf, but it is still at the lowest of the low in overall. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like he mentioned, for Robbie sure. C mentioned the Masters, where you have live coverage of every single player on the course, yeah. so you can flip between live players. It'd still be nice to go back and like watch that but i think it and then they don't edit that or anything they just have like oh yeah you can watch live any player and it'll be posted and post like it's not going to be post produced it's just you can go rewatch or watch a player that you missed so that's again i think the yeah slow death but it's got like it doesn't exist anywhere else for good reason there's no there's no reason for it to i mean exist. i think <laughs> i think we're splitting hairs a little bit yeah. obviously the the end goal Everything that they're going to be pushing for is to make the live product the yes. best, you know, like and and that like what we're saying as it grows, the live product will get better and better and better. And hopefully the percentage of disc golf consumers that are consuming the live product over a post-produced product will grow and grow and grow as well. I don't think necessarily the post-produce has to go away, but even if it looks like golf does now, which is like we get to such a huge, a huge popularity that we can afford to have a camera on every single player at all times live. I can go on masters.com and follow one player and watch that player every single shot. And then if I missed another player, I can go back after the event mm-hmm. and watch just his shots with all of the other mess cut out. I can watch just mm-hmm. his shots which is not necessarily post-produced, quote-unquote, because there's no secondary commentary, but it is to some extent because it is edited. Yeah. So it's like... I think when I'm talking post-produced, I'm imagining... I'm I'm more so speaking for those YouTube channels that exist right now that explicitly put out content of like a next-day edited video like anything separate like yeah like it's their cameras uh, yeah i've heard people saying like oh this is weird like disc golf pro tours getting a monopoly on everything they also not a lot of people know this but i have insider info we all do (laughs) that they also own gk pro i don't think as many people know that but they do they own gatekeeper and Mm -hmm. gk pro um but that's so normal like nobody has the right 
to post a full basketball game or even highlights except for the NBA. And then you have like House right, of, yeah, some yeah, of their yeah. partners a little bit. They have to pay for the rights to post like highlights and memes. <laughs> it's like no, the Pro Tour should, I mean, maybe the Pro Tour management's terrible right now, but at the end of the day, there should be one entity that is that controls everything and all of the coverage. Like that's just no, that's how life yeah, works. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We should have DGN. And then if we, whatever we want to consume afterwards should be a DGN product as well. Yes. Whatever yeah. it is. So I mean, yeah. yeah, I, I guess I'd I say really that like those, those types of YouTube channels have to die eventually <laughs> for things to work. And maybe, maybe not in the set. Yeah, like, I think Joe I just think the question, exists. I'm sending it. <laughs> yeah. Send it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, big drama there, <laughs> but that's the theory. Huge. I'm actually really excited to see what happens because obviously the one thing we do know is that change is coming and I think it'll be like, I think it'll be pretty dramatic pretty yeah. soon. I yeah. think it'll be good too. Like obviously we, I, I'm not wishing, having any bad wishes towards the Jomez guys. They're doing like a lot of the camera work for Disc Golf Network already. I think all of those guys are set in their disc golf <laughs> coverage careers because they do such an incredible job. But they will they need to be like picked up by it's like the equivalent of having a highlights YouTube channel or something like that and getting picked up by ESPN. It should be like a very good thing for them. But it does mean that yeah. Right, yeah. I don't know. But things like that exist. Like I said, like House of Highlights, Sparstool, um, there's a ton of things like that. And I think that that's just what that's the shape it's gonna have to take to survive. <laughs> But yeah, I guess so. We're, we have three send it's now. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have an added, an amended send it <laughs> with the uh, with the qualification that we can still have some form of post produce as long as it's Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. We're on board. We're we're on the same page now. <laughs> yeah. So we had a tournament yesterday. Uh, it was on Monday for you guys whenever you're listening to this is on monday may 8th <laughs> and uh it was our biggest turnout at a tournament that we've ever had and also i mean for a flex start in the middle of may on a weekday it was a wildly impressive turnout uh josiah what's the secret <laughs> to getting a crap ton of people out there we had over 180 players at a flex start on a monday what what happened <laughs> i mean there actually is a method and a reasoning behind it. Do you want the answer? Well, <laughs> or am I supposed to keep I this did a just secret? Ask. <laughs> um, yeah. So there were there were basically three things that went into it, um, and the first actually is really simple. It's a flex start tournament. You're not getting 180 people at any shotgun tournament, even if you're doing a two course layout, just because on a fly. I mean. At a flex start, you could do 90 people like, I'm sorry, on a shotgun, you could do 90 people on two courses at the same time, but the managing of that is so hard, and a flex start just makes it easy, and it's fun to do a flex start, so it's really appealing. It's say, hey, it's one day, you pick the tee time, you come when you want to play, it's not an all-day affair. It's a two-and-a-half to three-hour max affair. And so people who have flexible work schedules, those who are in the service industry and work weekends, it's really appealing for them on a Monday because it's something that they don't normally get to do. Nobody really goes out on a Monday to play disc golf. And 
so it's already really appealing as a flex start. Uh, the second thing, you pick a course that's really accessible to a lot of people, uh, which definitely played a factor. So, I mean, Alexander Park is, we had people coming from South Carolina and people coming from Northwest Georgia. So anybody who was willing to drive an hour to an hour and a half is willing to do that. Whereas, you know, if we play at, you know, my home course, almost everybody has to drive an hour to an hour and a half. So the majority of people still get something close. And the third thing, third thing, you make it really affordable. You know, I don't think 25 bucks made anybody second guess wanting to play that. Um, yeah, and that's 25 bucks kind and of, a player pack disc is... Yeah. No like, so, and that was kind of the point. I wasn't trying to, you know, make money from, you know, putting a high value on it and stuff like that. I just wanted to put something out there that people could afford to do like they could afford to do a player's pack um get a really nice disc that they've never thrown before um get to play with their friends on the same tea time a few hours out of their day you get a rated round uh little friendly competitions some ctps um all of that and it's just a really simple way to do it but yeah it worked out almost as well as i could have hoped i only have one regret on the day are you going to share that regret? <laughs> yeah, I didn't bring water. <laughs> yeah, that's, water. That's yeah. That's we did bring a coffee it. cart though. Yes, we <laughs> did bring the coffee cart, but like coffee truck. I mean, after three coffees by like ten a.m., you that know, I really makes you wanted more some water. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a dehydrating. So yeah, type of drink there. So I, my only regret was to not have bought like four cases of water before the day started. So yeah. Yeah, but no, it was a ton of fun, and yeah, we had a lot of very positive feedback from all. Reed, what was your uh, <laughs> what was your experience like on the day? We have a vlog coming out, I believe, to our members soon, right? We do shout out the members. Yes, we saw some of you there, uh, but yeah, we're we're we got a vlog coming for you. Don't worry. It was so fun. I mean, I was telling Josiah all day because we showed up at like six or six fifteen to the course. And it was 11.30 before I even knew what had happened. Like, Josiah was asking hey, yeah. me what I wanted for lunch. And I kept, was like, it's lunchtime? Are you serious? <laughs> like, the day was flying by. So fast. It was so fun to, like, I don't know if, if event running is our secret passion or what. <laughs> I know, but, right? I mean, I think it's just some combination of, like, it just being out on the disc golf course all day, talking to you guys hearing about your rounds like i'm constantly getting with a flex start you're constantly greeting people as they're coming in ready to play their round and talking to people that just finished their round and it just is like this constant flow people in and out all the time and and it was just such a blast the only thing with a flex start is that it doesn't have that thing that a shotgun start has where everyone is there at the same time but I will say that a lot of you guys came out there and you hung out and you didn't just play yes. around like you were chilling with us for a long time. We had a lot of people stay for a few hours after their round if they want to just hang in. They, people were getting there as much as an hour and a half before their tea time. So it was an absolute blast. And I can't, I'm already like Josiah, like what's our players pack for the next one? Like, let's get this on the calendar. I'm like, we're so ready to throw another one. Oh, I already told you we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, I'm ready, man. It was a yeah, blast. The mint discs player packs turned out really good. Despite the, uh, convert 
conversation woes with them or the communication <laughs> woes with them. That's fair. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, people were loving those things. They felt amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like we we could have been a little bit more prompt getting the ball rolling on those as well <laughs> from like decisions yeah, we on, do be asking on the minute. stamp to the discs. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously the communication part lapsed a little bit, but the final product was insane. So, yeah, the community was great out there. Uh, big shout out to Tradewind Coffee Company. They they brought a truck out, and it was so much fun. We filmed a couple videos. <laughs> we have a I can no major spoilers, but we have um, a video that's going to be titled something along the line of "I hired a professional." disc golf caddy for my <laughs> c tier or like amateur tournament and it was pretty hilarious we had will out there in a full i mean way overly priced <laughs> custom uh <laughs> custom caddy uniform with reed's last name on it and he brought he made his own like signs that say oh gosh it was really funny super excited about that we did a berg only round which again no spoilers yes. no spoilers but that was brutal and awful. <laughs> I didn't realize how tiring it was going to be. This course is not particularly hard. I guess I would actually say it's fairly easy. But all of the holes are, like, there's a few par fours. Most of the holes are over 300 feet. So it was just, like, every single throw was absolute balls to the wall, full power. Even if it was, like, if it was a par four, it was four <laughs> full power throws. And it, like... Yeah, it kind of wore me out a little bit. Not gonna lie, I wasn't expecting. I was like, "Dang, I like I'm only at 150 feet away, but I have to f throw this as hard as I can <laughs> to get it there." I mean, it's like playing disc golf with a football. Yes, it's literally. Like, yeah, <laughs> or, or like a rock. I, mean, I wish I had a rock. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and putting with it was I didn't also think about not that. fun at all. That's true. I think people underestimate whenever yeah. we do these challenges. Uh, with like random discs or discs we've never thrown before, we putt with them, and people be like, "Wow, these people suck at putting." First of all, that's true, yes. Yeah. But second of all, <laughs> first of all, people yes. don't understand that you put in like thousands of repetitions with the putter that you use, like with ions or uh, read putts with PA threes, Josiah putts with P twos, I believe. Still, he's changed yep. a couple times, but we put in no. thousands <laughs> of reps with ions, and then I pick up a freaking Berg. And it's like hanging on to my fingers, a fan gripping it literally feels like I'm fan gripping a, a chunk of molten lava. It's awful. It's the most uncomfortable thing. <laughs> and yeah, so putting with it was brutal. It, it Yeah, it was not fun. I did say I have a little bit more respect for it. Throwing it just flat and straight was kind of nice. It flew super straight for a lot of the shots. It's just, I came 100 yeah. feet short of the hole because it's a 350-foot hole. <laughs> the thing definitely beat in for you. It did. It was one. funny. Oh, as the round went on. That was crazy. It was really, because definitely the first hole, first couple holes, I was throwing it on like a good bit of Anheuser, really hard, and it was not turning at all. It was just like kind of fighting out of it. And then by the end, it was like flipping almost. It was funny. Uh, through the Globerg. Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so some content was filmed. Yes. It was a good time. Yeah, and Reed's oh, yeah. got a vlog. Shout out to the Swanky members. You can, if you go to our YouTube channel, any of the videos or our community tab, 
you can hit the join button, become a Swanky member for just 99 cents a month, and you get a ton of uh, exclusive content. You get entered into a monthly giveaway, and Reed is posting a vlog of the tournament day. The biggest headline that Reed's going to be covering, you want to tell him, Reed, what happened? Uh, on the vlog? On the, yeah. <laughs> the tur- <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I was like, what did I get on the vlog that we didn't get anywhere else? Okay, I do know what you're talking about, yes. Um, shout out to Swanky's own William Enlow taking down his first tournament, MA3, with a 980 rated 13 under it is from the short pins. It is from the short from pads. the short tees. <laughs> it is from the short tees. But hey, nine eighty rated. Uh, I think Will's like eight eighty five rated. So yeah, he's shooting almost geez. a thousand over his rating. Well, um, hundred. He yeah. shredded the course absolutely. <laughs> uh, he shredded the course completely, and uh, will now be playing MA two where he yes, belongs. Yeah, <laughs> I will say True. if MA two was playing from the shorts that day, he still would have won. I don't think anyone was shooting 13 I, under. I agree. Yeah. Although MPO yeah, one I mean, the MPO winner shot 16 under from the longs, yeah. which is absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was another thing too, the condition difference on the day cuz we had our first card teed off in some pretty decent rain. Mm-hmm. And then the rain stopped after about 30 minutes and we got a few cards that played in absolute perfection like the ground was wet but the weather was perfect not any wind at all around 10 a.m and then for the next five to six hours the wind kicked up big time we had probably about a hundred people playing some devastating winds and then around reed was one of those people i was one of them i don't want to talk about it i was one of them um (laughs) <laughs> uh i can't even be mad i i shot three under par from the longs and i was completely middle of the pack in ma1 but it doesn't even matter because the day was that fun i just had so much more fun than i was disappointed with my rounds or whatever <laughs> yeah. but yeah. the last couple hours of tea times went it went back to pretty calm and just like a very serene evening of disc golf so we had some some hot scores, just hot enough for Will to uh, to take that thirteen under and win it. All. I know uh, we we teed off last six p.m. and it was it was absolutely beautiful. Maybe a little bit of wind every now and then, but pretty much nothing. Nah. Um, <laughs> and off of hole one, I feel like there was some wind. I could be wrong. I feel like I remember being. Yeah, like I think hole I one, think, two, and three. Maybe holes one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, but I told Will, like, because this happens so often. I've been there in flex start tournaments where you play early in the day and you score pretty well, and then you're watching the scores for the next 12 hours, and you're, like, just dying to know what's going to happen. And we literally went last. And so whoever had good scores in MA3 who went early in the day, I'm sorry that you waited all day to slowly watch Will Enlow shoot 13 under par <laughs> on the very last tee <laughs> time. He, yeah, he like, what did he go? Birdie, par, eagle, and the other score was 10 under. So he was tied with the 10 under through 15. Yes, yeah. yeah. So he it, he overtook them right at the end. It was, yeah. yeah, it was really subtle too. Like I didn't even notice he was at a good score until somebody said he was 10 under. 
and I didn't realize how important, or I I did, but it made me realize how important putting is because really, like the short tees out there, it's just a putting competition, not not entirely, yep. but pretty much. And Will just didn't miss any twenty foot yeah. putts. He probably yeah. was like ninety percent in circle one, and that's that's it. <laughs> that's whoever does that wins the tournament. <laughs> putting makes such yeah, a I massive mean, he difference. Had- he had a 35 put he had a 35 foot putt on hole 10 and that man i've never seen someone lay up faster yeah it, it, that dude had a game plan and he was not straying from it it was it was actually just inspiring yeah it's true did he lay up <laughs> on 16 also i didn't see his putt there did he give it a run <laughs> yeah no 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 so on 16 he ran and it hit the cage okay yeah i guess he was yeah, away he just was facing away down. from OB, but yeah he was but... facing away so yeah, he um, said before I the forgot round, he about was the like, if I get anywhere time. near there, I'm laying up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no. No, he is he is the equivalent of a sexton golfer, for sure. Yeah. But like, that oh, every now and then that gets you thirteen under. Which he did yeah. say this is maybe his third or fourth tournament ever, and he was like, I know there's all the like bagging accusations that happen with people, but until I'm nine hundred rated or I win one MA three tournament I'm staying in MA3. <laughs> and so he won That's an true. MA3 tournament. Which I yeah, respect no, that. I respect we're that. out here. And he won, and he was like, I'm done. I'll move up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I need I'll his help it. on Friday. For what? Oh, oh yeah. we're, we're playing a doubles, doubles tournament. Oh, with yeah. Will. Yeah. Playing the uh, at the compound. Yeah, it's a USDGC doubles the USDGC qualifier. doubles qualifier. So how many, uh, how many teams are you in that division there? Putting. 12 12 it filled up yep did fill up tough so. that probably means um, two and actually, teams will make it though qualifying teams uh say yeah. again how many teams will qualify how many qualifying teams one Oof. <laughs> Ooh. yes but i mean that's that's pretty good odds you know um but also the guy who's running that course is the guy who shot 16 under ah. and when oh, yeah, i i yeah hayden and i emailed him today and i was like you had such a good round i said if i get anywhere close to that on friday at your tournament i would be out of my mind and he responded and said if you get anywhere close to 16 under playing doubles then i need to change the course <laughs> interesting <laughs> so i i think it's going to yeah, be a pretty, pretty difficult course that course down there yeah that's funny so, i've I'm, heard a lot I'm about it for. yeah best best of luck to you guys out there uh yeah that's the show, folks. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. That's it. Uh, yeah, we will see you in the next one next week. We'll be back, probably talking yeah. OTB Open. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you guys. You came then. to the tournament. <laughs> yeah, Saying, we'll thank see you. You, you came hear to us the tournament next week. Yes, thank ton you. of fun. That's you will awesome. hear us next week. That's for sure. <laughs> Stay swanky. Stay swanky. <laughs>